Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Donna Mignardi to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Donna, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Um, go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about yourself so they can understand um, who you are and like what your background is with libraries. Sure, and thank you for having me. So I am a high school librarian in Maryland, and I've been a high school librarian for over 20 years. Wow. And actually at the same school for over 20 years. So. Oh my gosh, that's rare. <laughs> It is. And I was listening to some of your previous podcasts and I didn't start out in a classroom. I went straight from undergrad to get my master's and straight into the library. Oh, okay. All right. And so where, so say again where you are, because in some states that's not, you know, you have to have done like teaching before. So tell, tell us one more time where you're from. Um, I live in uh, Maryland. So okay. I'm a high school librarian in Maryland. Okay. And in Maryland, our districts are by county. Okay. So I'm in Calvert County, Maryland, which is Southern Maryland, right by the Chesapeake Bay. Nice. Very nice. Okay. Well, that's awesome that you get. So in your, I'm just thinking um, out loud here, but like in your experiences, do you ever wish you had like taught first for a while to have that kind of experience? Or did you, you just feel totally ready to slide on in and get started in the library? Actually, I, I mean, I, my undergrad was psychology and elementary ed. So in theory, mm-hmm. I had that. But classroom management came after years, right? Yeah. Because in the library, they're not my kids. They're everybody else's kids. Right. There's already set expectations. Mm-hmm. So that was a longer learning process for me. If I, other, I think I would have been better prepared had I been in a classroom first. Okay, that, make, that makes sense. Um, and, and even with that, you, you could have been a classroom teacher for years and still moving into a library, like you just said, is, you know, it's not your class, you're, you know, managing all these other students who have all these other rules everywhere else. So it's a totally different ballgame. So you know, there's a lot that we learn on the job, <laughs> you know, as we're troubleshooting day to day and semester to semester, you know, as that, that goes by. So Donna, let's talk a little bit about um, when you did get started, because a lot of my listening audience is early career librarians. And um, so tell them, like, what was it like for you? Because, you know, they have their own stories and they wonder, are they the only ones, you know, this is happening to But what was it like for you as you were getting started? It, like my first years in the library? Yeah, just just something that you remember. So I am one of those libraries, librarians that have been there for 20 years, but I was taking over for somebody that had been there a very long time also. Yeah. So the perceptions of the library may not have always been as welcoming and as positive. Okay. And I think in the beginning, you just learn get to know your staff get to know the expectations the curriculum what they're doing when I when I first started there was required research papers so I had this whole binder of what ninth graders wanted what 10th graders had to do depending on back then we had levels like honors and not honors and AP and and so all the different research papers so I always knew I was going to see an English teacher and I knew what was expected and what resources I needed to have Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so it was a good way for me to get to know the staff. Okay. And when we, it's I sound so old when I say that, but back then, <laughs> back then, 
computers were just like really in the library. There, okay. there might have been a teacher computer, but there weren't classroom sets of computers. Right. So everybody wanted to be in the library because everybody wanted to use the computers and and have great projects where they could report out learning. So I was so busy in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I could have had two classes in there at a time because I didn't know how to not have somebody yeah. in there. Okay. <laughs> you know, and early on, thinking back to that time too, um, computer labs were really like the hot thing to have, you know, like, like the, the really big school libraries I saw would have like an attached computer lab or an area in the back, you know, that was all set up for computers. And I, I don't see that as often anymore. So do you have that kind of set up now? Or what is it like for you now? Well, a little history on Calvary County, it's a small county. Okay. And, and now there's four high schools in the county. And the building that I was in was the oldest and first and only high school in the county at one time. And in the old building, there were not labs. There were labs, but they were used for classes, like business classes. And, and then when they, we remodeled on the same footprint, so I'm in a newer, like, I'm in a newer library. Yeah. And then they designed it with a lab next to the library. There was an English lab. And, but now with one-to-one, -one, we do not have those labs anymore. Yeah. Those are classrooms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll be curious. I hadn't even thought about computer labs until we were just chatting. So I'll be curious to follow that, you know, post pandemic, so many people are one-to-one -one now. Um, so it's really changed things a lot. So. We were in the process of doing it and planning for it actually the fall, but okay. then when we shut down, we just rolled it out a whole lot faster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, Donna, is there any other kind of advice early on that would have been helpful for you to know? I'm not sure helpful for me to know because I, I was lucky enough to be able to get to know everybody. I will say, though, I copied the pages of the yearbook and kept them in my drawer ah, okay. <laughs> so I could start learning everybody's name. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Although... Now with, um, without the computer labs and the one-to-one, -one, you really need to, you just need to get to know your staff. There might be so many things you want to do, but get to know your school and their needs and your staff needs and, and yeah. then start making your big changes. Good point. Very good point. All right. So this year, um, we're, I feel like we're kind of transitioning finally, you know, into the, to, you know, I just forgot what they're calling it. They're not calling it really post-pandemic, endemic. You know, that, that's the phrase that I hear people using, medical people using now. This is our endemic times. But um, so we're kind of getting back to some things we might have done, but keeping some of the old, you know, the pandemic things that worked for us. So what have been some tips or strategies that you've used this year to really help it be a great year? We started slow this year, right? So our faculty meetings might have still been virtual, mm -hmm. some of our department meetings, but it was kind of nice to be back in the classrooms, meeting with departments and figuring out what they needed. Yeah. And the strategies you might have learned from being virtual was those how-to videos. Like mm -hmm. I can volunteer and go in and be a station in a classroom, but also I could, you can't be in every classroom. So you can also make one of those great how-to videos and that can be a station in a classroom, like station okay. rotation's big. So do something on, even if it's a quick database one, you could use, I prefer to do that in person, but you could make a video on that. Yeah, you could, definitely. Especially when you th I think about like high schools, I've seen some high schools that are gigantic, you know, and there's no way that you could physically get, you know, to all the classes in, in a reasonable amount of time. So, you know, 
videos are going to be a, a good help to carry forward. That's for sure. There was right. this cool thing we started before the shutdown. Okay. What was and it? We were changing the culture of reading in our school. We were starting with classroom book clubs. Okay. And um, so I was seeing every ninth and 10th grade class for, for like book selection so we dated or we tasted or we were mixing it up and we were having a blast and we hadn't quite made it to our fourth round before the shutdown but the conversations we were having with kids about books was amazing I mean it, it kind of bounced off the whole penny kettle and book love like yeah. if a student doesn't like to read it's because they haven't found the right book so it was self-selection mm-hmm. and and it, it was taking the place of some of the other books that might have been standard in the curriculum. And if they still had to read a curriculum book or a standard type book, they um, you can see the reading stamina was so much better. Wow. Okay. And then we went to virtual because teacher, it was classroom book club. So the goal was to read with a friend. So there had to be at least one more person reading the same title. Okay. And then teachers might have, again, depending on the classroom teacher, maybe it's 10 minutes every day. Maybe it's a little bit longer on Friday. Or it could have been part of a station rotation. When I was in a classroom, one of the stations was read your book club book. Mm. And even when we went virtual, we were able to keep it up with our partnership with the public library. Okay. Okay. So I still did virtual book tastings, but it's I'm having so much fun now being back in the class. And we just did our fourth round. And even I saw students leaving the library from another class. They were like, oh, it's book club day. Okay, so that that's like once once a week. Is that what you're saying, or? Um, no, we've done them quarterly where they pick a new book. Okay, but just because they but they might have finished that book, loved the book, and still come down in between. Mm-hmm. And they have a cumulative project they do at the end, a choice board of something. Okay. And I'm not saying every student reads every book, but they do read. Yeah. And there are graphic novel choices, and it is choice. So there's there's a good diverse collection of books that they pick from. So this last time we did Starbucks. Okay. It was our final one. And I had green and white table on there and I had some music playing and I greeted them with a tasting menu with welcome to Starbucks. <laughs> and it was their fourth round. So they knew, they knew the routine. Okay. But you have to mix it up for fun. Yeah. Okay. So let's start this at the beginning. Did, how did you promote this with t- to teachers? They came to me the first year. So the fall of 2019, they had done a book study with Penny Kettle. We're wanting to do classroom book clubs. I immediately had to get the book and read it to figure out and be on the same page as them. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And in the beginning, we just started pulling books. Like we have a a state award book called Black Eye Susan. So I run a book club at at lunch for our Black Eye Susan selection. So I had multiple copies of those books, but then anything else on the shelf that we had two copies of or one Maryland, one book, we just collected what we could. Mm -hmm. And um, then we started filling out grants for through our district where we could get more books and we've done that each year. So it's a really good book collection now, but in the beginning we were just pulling anything with doubles or triples or. Yeah. So do you keep separated? mm -hmm. Do you keep them separated somewhere so people aren't checking them out accidentally since you're pulling from the shelves or how, how do you do that? I, well, now I do have a book club section okay. and it's growing, but I, I don't stop anybody from pulling a book. Okay. 
I mean, reading's reading. No, no, I, yeah, I was just trying to figure out that, like, if you had two and you were trying to save it for a book club pair, you know, partner. Oh, yeah. Now I have, um, and the district got involved after our first year. And so they, they might have sent some books our way too. But I have, I have, now I have multiple copies and they sit on shelves in front of the library. Like you okay. can tell that's book club book. These are Black Eyes Susan. Yeah. Okay. So do the teachers then bring their kids down to when it's time to pick out a book or what, what's the process there? I've seen every ninth and 10th grade class at least three times. We just okay. started our fourth round. So we're kind of doing them once in one a quarter. Yeah. The first time we dated. Okay. Actually, I wrote an article about that at the beginning in 2019, a blog post rather in Programming Librarian. Okay. So the first time we dated and I didn't do anything fancy. The second time we tasted, because you got to mix it up or it's boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a table set with tablecloths and quiet music as they came in. I had some centerpieces left over from a prom one year when I was class sponsor. Yeah. And then um, we dated again the third time because it was close to Valentine's Day. Okay. Still white tablecloths, little hearts in the middle of the table. And then this last one was Starbucks. We had this cool idea to invite parents, but we're not quite there yet with the mm -hmm. extra people in the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe, maybe next year for the final one. Yeah, that's, I, I like that idea a lot. And I have, I have to confess, I have not read Penny Kittle's book, you know, that, that mentions this, um, the, the classroom book club. So I will need to go find that one for sure. Um, it's, so it's, and get your English teachers to read it too, because okay. you need, you need double buy-in. Okay. Okay. So on your end, then the, the, Teachers bring the kids to you and then you do the tasting or the dating. Um, what, what else do, is your side of it all? I put, you mean, oh, as for projects and stuff, I give them project ideals, but I'm not in the classroom when the kids are reading. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm more of the selection and the curating the piles of books okay. with input, of course, from the kids. Yeah. Okay. Like a teacher that just came down on Thursday said, my kids a bunch of my kids filled out a survey and they want to see more mystery and fantasy okay so I did my best to put a whole lot of mystery and fantasy out there yeah that's neat okay and you don't have to have multiple copies you could do genres mm -hmm. I mean you could just do a genre tables like for your book tasting yeah yeah I have seen that I've even seen people do book clubs when it when it is I don't even know, like the genre wouldn't be a good word, but even like a theme of something that it could be a vampire book club, you know, where everyone's reading different vampire um, books, but just something that gets them talking, you know, and chatting about that. But, yeah. This this is for classroom book club though. You're going to have all different reading levels. So you want a few graphic novels in there. You might yeah. want maybe some, I'm in a high school, so maybe a couple middle grade books on the table. Mm -hmm. And I still have like, where the crawl dad sings on the table for him because that obviously I keep I tell him every time one of the kids look at it there's a reason this was on the New York Times bestseller list yeah. okay <laughs> and now it's coming out as a movie I saw that as I a, saw as a that yeah well hopefully it's it's good because the book was awesome <laughs> but okay so when they do book club selections they actually physically check out the book like this is in your yep. system yeah okay I'm just so you have to, to kind of keep track of the numbers because if you're if it's a teacher that definitely wants to read with yeah. a friend, yeah. 
once you're down to a single or two copies, I might pull that one and put a new title on. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. And then what do you, could you share any ideas of what you hear that the teachers are doing with the books or with the book club ideas? Um, so some teachers are, are, we have an online learning management system. So some teachers put in like a, have them post. So ask a general question about the book. Okay. So they have basic discussion posts they have to do. If some teachers that first year, and I don't know about this year, but that first year, because it, in the beginning we had to be further apart. So I'm not sure. Um, they used to have them meet and talk. Okay. And discuss. And, and if let's say there was this one kid that was just really wanted this book, but nobody else is reading it. Yeah. Sometimes the teacher would read it with them. Sometimes I would say it's really close to this book so they could compare notes and they could be in this discussion group. Mm -hmm. okay. So, or, And then and they do a cumulative project. They do, um, they can write a paragraph, come up with a song. Cute. Or, or a song list to go with the book. I can share that. I can get a copy of that and share it. Yeah, that would be cute to do. So listeners, what she's saying is, is she shares something with me, then we'll put it into the show notes. So you can visit laurashinneman.com and go to Donna's interview and her highlights of her, our conversation today will be there for you. And um, with any clickable links, you know, of things. Um, so Donna, what about, um, how has this changed your school really to have these kind of book clubs? Well, circulation has about quadrupled. <laughs> Um, and, but the conversations are exciting. Like when the first year, when, um, one of us is lying came out and they wanted to read the next one and I had the next one, but then mm -hmm. they're like, no, I can't do it until my partner's ready to read it too. Uh, or, yeah. yeah. And, and the, there's a student this year that read Monday's not coming. And she's the great example to have a conversation with about book clubs, because she would say, I didn't like reading until I read this one. Hmm. And then now she's read every Tiffany Jackson book and has gone on to so many more. Wow. And I wonder if that's just coming from the social aspect, you know, of this, of having that connection with somebody, you know, to talk to and. Um... And with Monday's not coming, I always say, if you want to talk about it when it's over, come see me. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Okay. So circulation's increased. Um, what else have you seen? Um, the visits to the library, I mean, so I guess circulation has increased because kids are checking out book club books, mm -hmm. but they're also finishing their book club books and coming back for more. Yay. <laughs> that's, <what we> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And they'll, they'll ask for types. Although it, when we were shut down, they learned how to put a book on hold and save it. And so I do have to remind them how to do that again, because mm -hmm. we did it virtually but now we're not yeah okay all right um so that is an awesome I love that idea and and was it a kq a, a knowledge quest article that you wrote or where did you say you had written um that it was a blog post for programming librarian okay so if you can get that link to me too then we'll share that in the the, hi, uh, the highlights of this so we can uh, they can read about that um self-selection's big you just gotta find the right book mm-hmm you need sports in there. Yeah, that's true. So is that, so what's your strategy as you're helping um, 
to select those books to curate that collection for book clubs? That's a good question. I um, follow what the students want. I mean, some of them, the English teachers pick out, but mm -hmm. I use Project Lit. I use their list a lot mm, Okay. for um, picking if I haven't read them all or yeah. which I use, I pick their titles, look at some of the award winners. Okay. It's a good strategy. Okay. So let's keep talking about high school just in general. Um, Tell me more, a little bit more about how you um, work on all the different literacies with the students or the classrooms. Ah, uh, yeah. That one is always a work in progress. I mean, the book club's great, yes, but, but the literacies, it, it's, it's hard because you don't want, the teachers are so overwhelmed this year too. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do bring myself to, in our district and, and at our school, I'm going to say our school because I think some schools have gotten away with it. Yeah. Ninth and 10th grade English teachers have an extra plan. Okay. It's called a core plan. It's also 10th is the big testing year. So oh, that's how it started. Yeah. And um, I sit on the core plan. Okay. Where everybody's planning. So I, I'm learning the curriculum. I know where the literacy skills can fit in. Mm -hmm. When they find mentor texts, I, I suggest maybe we could try this because with the literacies, it's not just me teaching it for one time. You want them to practice it all the time. Mm -hmm. And and maybe this is this is when you can suggest a good station rotation activity or a, but but that's the tricky part. I'm a I'm and they're not, I, they're not taught in isolation, right? You definitely. <laughs> you, I um, prepared a presentation once for ASL where I was going to say information literacy was the bigger umbrella and all your other literacies fell under it. And then I went to ALA and I heard a gentleman speak, Neil Anderson. Okay. I think he's the head of media literacy. I might say it wrong. I might have to look that up. But in Canada. Okay. And he said, me, and, and it was funny because I had already been working on my ASL presentation and he said media literacy was the big umbrella. Okay. <laughs> and all the other literacies fell under. So I decided that no matter which is the bigger umbrella, they all go together. They do. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, media covers news, mm -hmm. information, media there. It's it's so I use the term the literacies. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I'll hear it referred to, too, as just multiple literacies, you know, because and there's new things that pop up all the time. That way it's covered and <laughs> it won't matter if there's something new, but you're right. They're all intertwined together. And that is a place really for librarians um, to shine. Um, is, is there like a favorite activity or something that you've done with a classroom before that incorporates a couple of them? Well, some of my favorite are big projects, but I, I, and sometimes teachers are afraid of the big projects because they have so much to cover. Mm -hmm. um, National History Day is a great one. And that's okay. for social studies teachers because you can incorporate so many literacies in there. And I worked with a teacher this year doing it for the first time. And she was stressed because her mm -hmm. supervisor said, you have to do history fair. So it wasn't something they wanted to do. Yeah. So I keep telling them it's, it's, don't worry about it. It's all about the process. As mm -hmm. long as we're learning these these steps, we're 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 doing great. Good. So you're their cheerleader and their coach on the side too. So 
<laughs> that's good that's very good and, right. and um my favorite and my most rewarding and i and this is one we're going to do at the end of the year because testing will be over teachers mm -hmm. have this like freedom is i think i'm going to do it with at least one or two teachers and you have to start somewhere right i is ted talks student ted talks yeah i did that a couple of years ago, and it was one of the most rewarding projects I ever had. Because they come up with their passion, and not only are you doing your all your literacies and your researching, but you also have communication literacy there. Mm. Okay. And to hear them talk and share their research, oh my gosh, that was the best one ever. Wow. Now, I've read, I don't know a lot about this, but, but I had read that there is like a, an official student TED talk. There is, there, there is, there is okay. actually, I don't so know if it's doing a, that or I, I use it. Okay. Okay. You can sign up to be a Ted. They have Ted ed clubs. Okay. And when I first heard about it, there wasn't a curriculum. There was Ted ed clubs. Mm -hmm. You sign up, you say what time of year you want to do it. And then you can, um, back then I had to go to a meeting like online meeting with other people that wanted to do it. Oh, okay. That time period. Yeah. And I mean, back then, like 17, 18, maybe not too far, but uh, now I think you can just sign up for it and say, you want to do it as a class because I, I even said when I signed up to be a Ted ed club, I, I did say that I plan to do this with classes, not just a club. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so I will look for the link for that too, and we'll get that in the show notes to share with people also. Um, so Donna, if we're, as we're looking back at like these main things you've talked about, you know, culture of reading, your classroom book clubs, the literacies, if you were a, uh, let's say like a mentor, you know, for a, a new librarian, what would you kind of tell them are some first things to really focus on with this, with any of those? Well, I think you, and now with one-to-one, -one, I think the librarians have to market themselves, mm -hmm. right? Okay. How do you get to know your staff, get them into the library? I mean, maybe, maybe with new librarians, they're starting at a school where they know the staff, but if not, you, you've got to, I'm a queen of marketing. <laughs> it was just, I used to have, before we had a new principal, and then, you know, climate changes each time you, that happens. Yeah. I used to have um, a standard agenda item at a faculty meeting, which I called the media minute. Oh, cute. And you would share a tool or a resource or, and then right as we shut down, we had a new principal and he didn't like having faculty meetings. Okay. <laughs> and when we did, it was a huge agenda. Yeah. And and having you on it just made it longer, right? Mm -hmm. So I started doing something that I called stall stories. Oh, bathroom stalls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I made this one pager that I sent in a thing and I put in every faculty bathroom where I shared two tools or okay. a book or a database or, and on there was always reach out to your librarian, go to this website for more information. Mm -hmm. And then on the sidebar though, I always had a media literacy tip or an information literacy, like yeah. something maybe about two months ago was might've been about lateral searching and, and I can, sh I can share a copy of one. 
and, I, and I'm not, they're not original. I curate, but yeah, no, but that's cute. And even like for a new librarian to be able to like promote what they're capable, you know, of doing or why you should come and talk to me. Um, Cause that might actually have some catch somebody's interest, you know, to, I, I actually had teachers like come check out a book because I shared a new professional development book. I'm like, oh, good, you read it. It's working. <laughs> they just take a picture and, and move on. Yeah. That's you gotta hang it at the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> and do you put the same note in every stall like for like a month or something? Or how, well, how I, only, I only put them in the faculty bathrooms. So they're mm-hmm. just single bathrooms and there's oh, nine yeah. in the whole school. Mm-hmm. So I know I do nine. And then <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing some, I've, cause I was always at an elementary school and there would be like a, the women's bathroom, you know, with like three different stalls in it or something. So, <laughs> but, okay. All right. So that's, that's a very cute idea as, as a way to kind of get started um, with those things. You can invite them to the library. I always have guess and win contest or, okay. you know, in, in the beginning, I might've had bagels during school library month. Mm-hmm. I could have had makerspace tables set up where they could come in, eat a bagel, play with something or professional books on a table. Mm-hmm. That's good. Just, That's a cute idea. So Donna, just as we're, as we're wrapping up our time, is there any other um, ideas or tips or things that you want to share with the audience? I feel like I've repeated myself. Okay. The, the best, the best thing is to know the curriculum and know where you fit in it. Yeah. And I love that you got to go to the, I forgot if you call them core meetings or whatever they were, you know, that's, that's a great way um, to, cause you're hearing them talk, you're hearing the teachers talk and uh, kind of reviewing what's coming up or, you know, things they've struggled with. So that's a really key way. Um, and even if you're a solo librarian, get permission, you know, to, from your principal to, somehow you know get to those meetings because that's a that's a great way to connect for sure everything's always a class half full yeah yeah for sure and and there's always more to improve because I figure I did too much with ELA this year and not enough with the other content areas so I need to do more you always want to do more right definitely all right well Donna thanks so much for sharing your ideas today and for our audience that wants to connect with you um where will they find you online um, professionally, mostly on Twitter. I, yeah. I, sh- I shared it all, but um, at Demon Yardy, or my high school is at Calvert HSLIB. Okay. Facebook is Donna.Minyardi and Instagram is D.Minyardi. Okay. But those two are more personal accounts? Pretty much. Okay. I mean, I'll still answer. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah. no but problem. professionally, mostly Twitter. Okay, good deal. Well, thanks again for sharing your ideas, Donna. I appreciate your time today, and I look forward to following you and getting to know more of the awesome things that you're doing. Thank you.